I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Spread the word, you dirty cocksuckers. Tell all your grave robbing friends I want them out of the city now! The nightmare of insane murder. From the depths of hell. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to The Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and today with my girlfriend and co-host, Leah Diana, we will be winding back the reel to 1954. The earliest atomic tests in New Mexico caused common ants to mutate into giant man-eating monsters that threaten civilization in them. Let's get into it. I tell you, gentlemen, science has agreed that unless something is done and done quickly, man, as the dominant species of life on Earth, will be extinct within a year. By direction of the President of the United States, stay in your homes, I repeat. Stay in your homes. Your personal safety, the safety of the entire city, depends upon your full cooperation with the military authorities. Yes, cities, nations, even civilization itself, threatened with annihilation because in one moment of history-making violence, nature, mad, rampant, wrought its most awesome creation. For born in that swirling inferno of radioactive dust were things so horrible, so terrifying, so hideous, there is no word to describe them. And there shall be destruction and darkness come up in creation, and the beast shall reign over the earth. Is there any type of gas we could use? No, we can't take a chance. It might poison the whole city. hasn't been very long since we've delved into the atomic age. I find it interesting that we delved into Japanese atomic and American atomic. They're way different. Oh, so different. Like, Japanese atomic is like, look what America did to us. And America's like, oh, look at the little ants. Look at them. I mean, this one has some pretty similar themes to it. But they brushed off just like swept under the fucking rug. So bad. So bad. Yes. This, uh, so in Godzilla you have 
basically the Japanese viewpoint on the atomic age. And how and, monstrous Americans are. Yes. In this one, it's more about the the fears of the atomic age and like the threat of nuclear fallout and what it could do to the world. Mm. It's it's the answer, basically the metaphor for destruction. Yeah. Chaos. Life trying to find a way, as Mr. Jeff Goldblum would say, because I forgot his name. Ian Malcolm. Wow, I should know that name, huh? You really should. I really should. So the version of this movie that we watched today had some had some rough tracking issues, but wasn't too bad. This movie is 69 years old. 69. I've said it like once or twice while we were watching it. But it's an old film. Most of these people are dead. Except for the kids. But I don't know if any of those kids would still be like... I mean, even they could be dead. They could you be dead, know. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, all these people are not around anymore. Sorry. So before we get into the, the nitty gritty, the details about this one, what did you think? What did I think? I love old movies. I was bored by this film. Really? I was really bored. Nothing did it for you. No. I really tried. Really did. The acting was kind of blah. Very, very blah. But it's the 19th. It's 1954. The acting was blah. The sound was just ridiculous because I don't know if it was the VHS we wa- rip we watched or if it was just the movie, but the sound would fluctuate very weird during the car scenes or the helicopter or the plane scenes. I believe it was this copy of the movie. You think it's this yeah, copy? I think the... So there are a lot of tra- tracking issues. We watched this on VHS, mm. which I'll get into that a little more after. But there were definitely, there were a couple of picture problems, like just like basic scratches and grain, Mm. distortion, stuff like that. And there was a sound fluctuation that would happen throughout the movie where it like would, the levels would dip really low and then they'd come back up. It, uh, it happens. VHS tapes wear out over time. Mm -hmm. They start to deteriorate this one could just be slowly going it's on its way out like the cast Uh, Uh, uh. i i wanted to like this one because i loved godzilla i love the fact that you godzilla was the pivotal character and the humans in it were just moving the story along moving the narrative along this the humans felt like an afterthought huh I don't really think so. I feel like the... There was no central, like, character for me to feel for at all. See, I disagree with that. Okay. I feel like there was, but, I mean, spoiler alert, he doesn't make it all the way through the film, but you do get introduced to another guy who then kind of picks up. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I felt like I had a, a protagonist to follow throughout at least most of it. Nothing. This didn't grab me. Nothing. The characters in this are also very similar to the characters in Godzilla. Like, I mean, in terms of you have like the the team of scientists that you basically follow throughout the whole thing. I didn't feel the same way. I thought this was a piss poor man's way of going. We can make Godzilla too. Oh God, we're gonna we're gonna differ in opinions on we're this gonna, one. I think we're gonna fight. So today we watched them, the 1954 American black and white science fiction monster film. This one came out of Warner Brothers. Um, It was directed by Gordon Douglas. I don't believe he has any relation to Michael or Kirk. (laughs) Motherfucking panty dropping. (laughs) 
Uh, this film stars James Whitmore, Edmund Gwen, Joan Weldon, and James Arness. Mm. The film original the film originally released June 16th, 1954 in New York later uh, throughout the rest of the U.S. on June 18th. I don't have an exact amount for what the film was made on in terms of budget, but it brought in a box office of $2.2 million, including rentals. Mm. So that's pretty good chunk of change for, you know, a 50s movie. Yeah. Did you recognize our main character at all? Uh, our main character was Ben. He played the... He was the cop. Oh! I did not recognize him. Well, um, film fans will know this was uh, James Whittemore who played Ben. Mm. And he is probably most famous today for playing Brooks in The Shawshank Redemption. I have never seen The Shawshank Redemption all the way through. How do you get through life? <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? Stop the presses. We need. I need to know... <laughs> How do no. you get through life without seeing some of these movies that... Shawshank what episode is, is this? What number episode are we on? And you're just asking this question this now? episode 67. 67, okay. I need to know because a lot of these movies like that I ask you about, assuming that you've seen, somehow you haven't. They, they play on cable or played on cable over and over and over again for decades. The Shawshank Redemption is one that they still play all the time on television. On, like, TNT. Is TNT still a thing? I don't know. We're yes, streaming. Yes, TNT is still a thing. <laughs> but, the, like, <clears throat> they'll play these things all the time. How did you not see them growing up, or at least in chunks? So, the easiest way to answer this question is I was very much, I don't want to hang out with my parents and watch movies with them. And you'd watch movies on the television, either in the family room or the living room. I had my own TV, but it was literally set to MTV or Cartoon Network 24-7. I never watched movies. I listened to music more. So I wasn't a movie person. Like, if I found a movie I really liked when I was younger, I repeat watched it. Like, repeat. Until I moved into this apartment, I would watch Lord of the Rings three times a year. A year. Special edition with cast commentary every time. Jesus Christ. I watch Friends once a year, How I Met Your Mother, Big Bang Theory. So you just cycle through the same things yeah. over and over again. Yes, correct. Even when I was a kid, like, I'd keep MTV on and or Comedy Central. I'd watch Revenge of the Nerds and all those, those movies that were on Comedy Central or stand-up. And I'd watch cartoons. Like, to me, I never really got into movies until I was older. And I never had cable. Like, once I moved out, there was no cable. Like, I never... I was like, oh, let me casually watch a movie. Oh, this is on? I never... I never did that. Well, You're weird to me because you watched all of these films. How did you have time to watch all these films? I never had any time. And you know what? Let me add you another a weirder thing. Because I can't completely, like, bastardize you for watching movies over and over again. Because I've watched the same movies over and over again. How many times have you seen How I Met Your Mother through? How Quite many times have you seen the newsroom all the way through? Quite a few. Yeah. So, and uh, I do. I've done the same thing with movies. I've seen the Friday the Thirteenth franchise countless times. I I've need to finish that one. I've seen Halloween, all the Halloween films, countless times. Uh, Evil Dead, I've watched 150 times. The Shining, I've watched probably a million at this point. Hmm. 
but I still made time to watch other things. Like I, I always try to watch as many movies as I can, as often as I can. These days, not so often because I'm always fucking busy. But when you were a teenager, teenager to into your twenties, were you watching films or were you going out with your friends? Mostly watching films, often with my friends. I would go out partying. Drinking, doing stupid shit with my friends. I had the good old American teenage experience. I did not. So our lives before we, I would say like till our 30s were very different. I went traveling. I took vacations. I went to conventions. I did all that crazy shit. You did not. I didn't do anything. I still don't do anything. I try to get you I to do lame. stuff. I drag his ass out to places, even though I know he's hating it, just so he can get used to being around a bunch of people all the time. And now I've gotten to the point where we went to a restaurant yesterday and we went to a restaurant Friday. Or I went to a restaurant Friday where you went to go see John Wick 4. Not that I didn't want to see John Wick 4. He had tickets with a friend, so he went and I stayed with the friend's wife and we went out to eat. It was loud. It was annoying. I hate people. The food was terrible. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. Step into my web. <laughs> I would rather sit at home. And unfortunately, I am a product of today. I would rather sit at home, scroll through short form content, listen to music, relax, read, rather than going out now. I am. Yeah. I am. I absorb short form content more than anybody else like, in this I, household. I like short form content. Like, I like YouTube but there's only so much of it that I like you see I repeat the same YouTubers and same videos because Red Letter Media yeah because I don't like a lot of who's, newer stuff who's your new obsession it's, is it make art now or is it Gerald Undone who do you always you put Gerald Undone on all lately the time. I've been watching Gerald Undone because I ha, I've never gone back and watched some of his older stuff mm. so like I've been trying to like when I have nothing else to watch like I'll throw his some of his older videos mm. on and check those out but I will say here's an example um, for the I don't know how many times I am restarting uh, Wade's phasmophobia. Um, playthrough uh, that he has uploaded on YouTube for I don't know the billionth time. Okay guys so we're gonna wrap this episode up because I'm gonna go kill myself. <laughs> You're gonna be like I'm gonna go kill Wade. <sighs> he lives in Ohio. He's already in death, on death's door. <laughs> but like I I enjoy movies but you've seen I watch a movie once I don't go back to some movies Lord of the Rings was there for a very very bad time in my life so to feel that like serotonin I watch it again and again but it always has the same reaction every time I am so sad by the end of that I'm bawling my eyes out so lately my mental health has not been the greatest so to me I'm like maybe Lord of the Rings is not the thing I should watch Maybe watching something that'll make me feel better. Thus, we watch horror movies. And I enjoy it. And I really did enjoy, we watched Red Letter Media do like a review of um, Nightmare on Elm Street. They reviewed it all and they did a trivia thing. That was really cool. And I was like, I don't remember that part. I don't remember that part. And you're like, I assure you, we've watched the whole thing. You've seen all of this. And I don't remember half of it. But, like, the movies that were good, like The First One and Dream Warriors, those ones were good. I remember those. Final chapter? I, whoa, that needs to be put in a wood chipper. Freddy's dead? Freddy's dead, man. Uh, That needs to be put in a wood chipper, dude. That one's rough. Oof. But, I mean, I love old movies, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll get into this one. I couldn't. I I couldn't. Which, 
I mean, it, it's reactions like these where I become hesitant to cover more of these old black and white movies because while like somebody in my position I can appreciate them for where filmmaking came from Hmm. you generally approach film you're kind of a weird bag because you you have a very modern sensibility a lot of the time but then you also have this nostalgia for the classics it goes from like 1930 to 1960 and then it's stuck in like 2000 to 2023 like you've got fucking like two decades span time that my my mind can stick to yeah it's it's interesting which is why i wanted to do the podcast the way that we do it because <laughs> there's decades in there where you didn't <laughs> I've never seen the fucking seventies. The one I always go back to, I think about, is Eyes of Laura Mars. When you first approach me with that one, I'm like, oh, this looks so fucking stupid. Like, I don't want to watch a movie from the seventies. Why do you think I'm like really getting into giallo or Italian style filming? Really, really am because it grips you, it captivates you, and then you get a movie like this, and you're like, man, American cinema is fucking boring. A lot of the time, these these films from this type of era like mm. the 50s and 60s they just follow the same basic yeah. format like it's the characters feel cutter. the same yeah. which this one for me has always been like I like this one but I think it's I like it so much because of the effects like they're, the practical I will admit is good in this like, there is nothing wrong with the practical elements of this yeah like they give you giant ants as big practical puppets basically and I will say I know that the the ones where the ants are superimposed like because they had to use like trips tricks of cameras and stuff in the 50s you didn't have technology at all anywhere near it was like in the 70s or 80s so usually you can catch like like when we watched um, the attack of the puppet people yeah you could see little things but I'm like maybe the color takes away from it to where this is black and white you don't really see that but I was like no I'm really happy with the giant ants really do look real even though they're moving a little slower than you'd expect them to they look like giant ants they don't look like they're being puppeted or piloted or anything they look like they're actually characters in it yeah and it's kind of cool because like I mean in terms of like they're moving slower I I would chalk that up to them uh them uh the filmmakers thinking about it like oh they're bigger so they're going to have more mass mm. they're going to be heavier than an actual ant would be so they're not going to move as quickly I kind of like that personally mm. I don't know like I I love practical effects I love practical puppetry I think this it's a very primitive form of it mm. but they did just such a good job with making it work to their advantage. Like, something I really like is that it literally only took the mention of there being hundreds or thousands of these ants, and that sells the idea. That's all that you needed. Yeah. Because throughout the entire movie, I don't think you see more than three of them in a frame at one time. I think there, was a, there were four of them at the end. Were there four? Yeah, there was... So there were two with the boys, and then they killed those two. Then there was another two that came out, and there was another one coming up the back, and you could see the other one on the side. So they were obviously using, like, giant 
forms of them to put them all in the camera angle when you're looking this way where everybody's standing. Well, then I think they're reusing. Oh, God, yeah. Like, they just keep, they had, like, probably two, three, four of these things, and they were just like, all right, we gotta keep reusing. All right, reusing. here's the abdomen of one, here's the legs, here's the head, here's a mandible, and you just got some dude going with a mandible at somebody. I mean, that's great. It, it works. It does. You couldn't really tell this was puffeted. Puffeted. <laughs> you couldn't tell that this was puppeted at times, which was cool, but it's just, I I look for a character to grab onto, and like, yes, there were similarities between the old doctor and the young daughter. There were similarities between, you know, the policeman who jumped in on this and then the scientist who joined them. Huge similarities between Godzilla. Yeah. Their stories were a lot more fleshed out, in my opinion, and the importance was a lot heavier than this one. Oh, I agree with that completely. Like, yeah. And look, Godzilla has a very clear message and they carry that through. Even every to aspect today, of it. they carry that from the 50s to today. Yeah. In this, it's more just, this is a giant monster movie. Like, yeah. this was being made back when it was all these cheesy creature features. That That's basically what movies were. But I think there's a reason why them was mentioned as one of the top movies in that list. They mentioned yeah. them, which I was like, oh, that's one of the... I got them and they confused, and I know they're two different movies that are both on our shelf. <laughs> but I was like, because they is the one where it's the dude's eyes just there. There's also several movies called Them now. Is there? There's a couple of new movies titled Them, which have alien? nothing to do... No. Because I would think something called Them would be a an alien movie. You'd think, but they just use the title. Like, mm. I don't know. I think one of the things that makes this one stand out the most to me is the the sound. That's and you know what sound I'm talking about. The, yeah. the sound the that radiated ant noise. That I I've always loved that sound. I think it is super iconic. It makes that's what makes this movie so iconic. Is that's that when noise. I knew to pay attention. Yeah, that is. I immediately went, "Ooh, okay, good part." And the introduction of that is so standout to me. It's so cool because they're just where are they? They're in the. They're just in the trailer. Like, was that the wind? What was that noise? Oh, okay, or no, it was in the general store. No, no. So the the first time you hear it is it's at the trailer that during like one of the early scenes is when they find the girl mm. and they're putting her into the ambulance and oh and then, then she sits it. up and looks terrified and nobody's yeah, paying attention to you her just yep. hear it on the horizon and they're like oh it must be the wind oh that's fine and like they don't even see her sit up she sits up in the background she has this terrified like <gasps> face on it's like oh god and it just immediately cements into you like that sound is not good. Yeah. Something is coming. Like, I just, oh, it's so powerful. I love I it. I think we're spoiled because I wish we could watch these with a clear mind of no movies. Like, no previous knowledge of other movies. I wish you could go into these old decades being like, okay, like, press the button, wipe your memory, watch it for the first time, be terrified, then press the button, all your memories come back. And you're like, oh, God, that was good for the time. I wish that technology exists. That, we're light years away from that fucking technology. 
But that's how I feel like certain older movies should be watched with a clear go into it, no expectations. And it's hard because we're going from in the 50s, there was hundreds of thousands of movies to now there's billions of films. So many. So many films. And I am astonished every day that we're getting new film. Like the newest craze in the film world is because of Cocaine Bear. A real life actual thing that happened has now spawned what? Cocaine Shark. So Uh, you have Cocaine Bear, Cocaine Shark. Cocaine Raccoon. Or Heroin Raccoon. Heroin Raccoon. uh, Attack of the Meth Gator. Meth Gator. And I was like, oh, that better be in Florida. I swear to God. Meth Gator better live in Florida. There's so much. it's, It's that moment or this whole Winnie the Pooh blood and honey is now spawning a whole new terrifying genre of children's books and films becoming nightmares while cool there are so many that are going to be garbage so many but it takes one person to be like hey i got this great idea to spawn billions of bad ideas so while this in 1954 great idea probably terrified hundreds of thousands of people now i've seen ticks I've seen Godzilla. Godzilla's still going. Uh, I've seen Tremors. Um, I mean, I, I, I can think of thousands, but I can't think of names of just movies just like this. And well, I'm, it's like watching this. I was like, I've seen this before. Tremors. I've seen Tremors so many times. It's one of my guilty pleasure movies. There you go. Tremors is awesome. I love Tremors. I've never seen any of the others. I've only seen the first Tremors multiple times because it just amused me that I'm like, wait a minute, Kevin Bacon can't solve this himself. This is the bacon. Why can't he solve this? (laughs) You know? All right. So, um, as I said earlier, we, we watched this on VHS. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple of quality issues. It wasn't too, too bad. No. Um, the version that we watched, the version that we currently own, is the Warner Brothers Hits re-release, which is I, I wish I had the actual like an, a more original copy, but unfortunately this is all I've been able to find so far. Yeah, I think I don't know when this one was. Oh, so this one was released when they renewed the copyright in 1982. Okay, we're gonna get into the back of the box here a little bit. Which states, ranks with The Thing and Invasion of the Body Snatchers as the best of the countless 50s science fiction films. This is a quote from Danny Perry Perry of Guide from the Film Fanatic. Oh, Guide for the Film Fanatic. Mm. Man has split the atom and created the ultimate weapon. But how could he have known he would also create them? Them, 1954, is a landmark movie about giant radiation-mutated ants that gets better with age and features remarkable Academy Award-nominated special effects. It holds up today not only as a science fiction thriller, but as a suspense mystery yarn. This is actually a quote that's not in quotations from the Creature Features movie guide. Starring James Whitmore, James Arness, 
and Edmund Gwen then begins in New Mexico with a child wandering in shock, a ransacked general store, and a battered corpse full of enough formic acid to kill 20 men. It ends with an epic struggle in the 700 miles of storm drains under Los Angeles, where the insect hordes are beaten. But they're not conquered, because they've spawned a generation of films about radioactive creatures. Some have approximated the terror, but none have equaled the artistry of them. I love that they somewhat give away the, the big finale <laughs> yeah, right, right? <laughs> But, I mean, this is a re-release. It was more of a, oh, this is, we're re-releasing it as a collector's item. Like, we assume you've seen this a hundred times. The box is really really plain for a re-release yeah i believe the idea for the warner brothers hits at least initially i don't think they stuck to this but was to uh go a little bit the route of like something like the columbia pictures releases oh okay where it's like oh we're gonna have them all look the same in terms of like the spine and everything so it was gonna be these gray boxes You'll have the the art on the cover, mm. but then the spine will just be like the title and a maybe small a little picture. picture. Yeah, and that was going to be like the the format. I think they did it wrong. I think that black with the red border is still more iconic. There, there's a couple that have become like staple for collectors. Columbia Pictures ones, at least for me, are I want all of them. I mm. want to get as many as I can. Every time I find one, I try to take it. The CBS, CBS Fox. CBS Fox is yep. a good one, but that's the direction that they were leaning towards. Because mm. CBS Fox is just gray boxes, the titles in a lighter gray. Like it's very plain. Yeah, some of them I can see where that is the case, but the Fly 2 is very different. So that's a green box, but the CBS Fox logo is still on it. Um, you but, have them following the same suit where there's no images. It's just the title and a solid color. Well, that's because CBS Fox eventually also did away with that. They, yeah. they just kept releasing movies and they were like, all right, nobody really, we got to make these a little more grabbing. Do you know which ones I hate the most? I think it was in the early 2000s, Warner Brothers, we did all their boxes and it was that maroon band on the top with the Warner Brothers like classics or you know uh, something collection and I think they ruined boxes with those because they just overlaid it on the top of the actual release yeah and it was like guys this fucking sucks and they're uh, well this is Warner Brothers well that's not I'm talking about I have I think I have Chocolat and I have Under the Tuscan Sun and they look identical I think and I hate it because that purple band to me meant, oh, so you picked that up at Walmart for five bucks in the, the five dollar bin. Version. Good job. Yeah. Like to me, you got judged on that. Now nobody gives a fuck. No. Well, now they're so they're harder to come by. So now it's, it's like, oh my god, I found a tape. Like that's how you feel, rather yeah. than oh, I don't want to get this release. I want that release. But it's the same thing. It's like I'm looking at a series of westerns that I have sitting over on the shelf here, mm. and at least a couple of them: Magnificent Seven, Hang 'Em High. Rio Bravo, they all have different variations of those types of banners. Mm-hmm. So, like, Magnificent Seven is, like, it's like the silver banner with the MGM logo on oh, it. the platinum release. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then there's, like, Hang 'em High has Western Legends. Yep. And Warner Brothers le- uh, Westerns on Rio Bravo. Like, they, this was a thing they did to kind of market as a re-release. Yeah. 
And it happened a lot. It was, they weren't the only companies to do it. It wasn't just a big company thing. Like, Movie Time Video uh, was a company that was releasing, re-releasing tapes and just releasing tapes. Wouldn't um, the movie, the the Hollywood Video and Blockbuster would have their own boxes too that they put on them. So they'd get the movies in the original boxes yeah. and they would have their own boxes for like, oh, this is a tape that's been viewed. We're selling it. They wouldn't give you the actual box. They'd give yeah, you the Blockbuster version. Yeah, it would just be that, version. that big clamshell that said Blockbuster on it. Yeah, and you'd have to buy that and then you'd have to, I remember special requesting the box, being like, I know you have the box. I want the box too. And they charged me $10 more for the box. Yep. And I was like, why? The movie's already $12.99. And it was a movie with Cameron Diaz and Ewan McGregor. I don't remember the title. I've never seen it. I bought it years ago. But it was in a clamshell. And I was like, I want the box. They're like, the box is kind of destroyed. I'm like, but I don't care. I want the box. So they gave me the box in one of those plastic sleeve things. Oh, I love that. It's not the ones you like. It is a folded plastic sleeve. Yeah, I have a couple of those. I have one of those. I, that's the only movie I have of that. I think it might be put away. I, it's not a movie either one of us would have cared to watch. It uh, Those are actually the only types of plastic sleeves you can get now. Those those ones where you just fold them in? Yep. Man, what about the plastic ones you've got? Like you've the, got some... The squeeze ones? Yeah. Those were my... like The mom and pops video stores had those. Yep. And I fucking loved those squeeze cases. I couldn't... I would... If I could, I would buy a lot of them just to be able to put all of my movies in those squeeze cases. Mm. There, you can find them online. They're kind of expensive, though, aren't they? Yeah, people sell them in like lots of like five to ten, and they're you're paying like thirty to fifty dollars yeah. for that, and it's like go on I don't Amazon and get the other ones. Money, I'm poor. Just give me the ninety nine cent tape. Yeah. And we'll like, figure out the rest later. Eventually, I'm probably going to get the the other plastic sleeves just to, like, protect them better. You know what I wanted to do? Since you're doing this project where we're converting all of our VHS into digital, I like the idea. So a friend of ours um, owns a craft shop, and she has soaps. And she puts the soaps in this plastic, and then she uses a heat gun gently to cover them. I want to cover our movies in plastic someday so they stay sealed i don't want to do that no why i mean some of these no. like the art is so good on them i don't want them to get ruined well that's what the plastic cases yeah, I but want if we to can't do find the plastic cases wouldn't the next best alternative to be no, that because then you're essentially just resealing it i'm okay with that i'm We're not okay never with that. gonna sell them they're being resealed for no. our point of view yeah. well i'm resealing mine you can go fuck yourself you're not doing it I won't let you. You can't stop me, Tedro. Shall we get into the meat of the film? I think we probably should. Yeah. The plot for this movie is pretty basic. Just like Godzilla was very basic. Um, I think we should just go play by play as much as we can. But you don't have to go into harsh detail of it because it's pretty much a repeat of Godzilla. In for my the opinion. most part, a lot of these atomic movies were. Like yeah. They were just that basic format. So uh, this one starts out, you meet uh, New Mexico State Police Sergeant Ben Peterson and uh, Trooper Ed Blackburn as they discover a little girl in shock and kind of a catatonic state wandering the desert. They take her to a, well, they get a call saying that there's also a like tra- truck and trailer pulled over uh, near their location. So they have her with them. They go and check it out. Mm. 
and they find evidence that she had been there when the trailer was attacked. Like, this place is, like, all ransacked. The side of it is torn open. Absolutely destroyed, yeah. And it's later discovered that that trailer was owned by an FBI agent named Ellenson, I believe his name was, um, who was on vacation with his wife, son, and daughter. And the other members of the little girl's family are, they're all missing. There's no sign of them. Very soon after this scene is when we have the one we were talking about before. So, like, they put her in an ambulance and she, they start to hear this sound off in the distance and she reacts to it very... I wouldn't say harshly, but, like, you could see that there's a lot of terror in her. She goes from catatonically in shock to almost blinded terror. And when the noise subsides, she calms down, but the shock is still there. Yeah, and nobody else sees this happen. No. Because they're all distracted by the sound. Um, Later on, they find a general store um, that was owned by character that they call Gramps. Yeah. Um, and they find his dead body. Thrown into what I believe was like the basement. So like something like crushed a hole in it and threw him in the basement because they were looking down at him. Yeah, I wanted to say it was like maybe a storage cellar. That yeah, he like, something like that. Yeah. This place, just like the trailer, has been torn apart The and one of the walls has been ripped open. But they notice that one of the things that got busted into was a uh, looked like a barrel of sugar. Mm. And then they noticed that there was nothing but sugar ants, just all sorts of ants, actually. Sugar, carpenter, everything was swarming inside of it. Yeah. After taking a quick look around, Peterson leaves because he wants to go check on the girl. He wants to be there when she wakes up. And he leaves Blackburn behind to kind of secure the scene, wait for her backup. Mm. Unfortunately, Blackburn gets knocked off pretty quickly here. We don't get to see them just yet, but the ants come back and... I believe he was taken. You think he was taken? Yep. What leads you to believe that? So, in a later scene, you see the gun and the the gun belt and the holster lying in the pile with all the other remains. And I'm like, oh, they took him. See, I don't think so, because we basically come away from this scene and it transitions to P- uh, Peterson, Ben, back at the precinct and he's talking to a couple of other people. They're sitting around like some of the evidence and in this scene Ben is very like he's obviously distraught hmm. and one of the other officers says like look it wasn't your fault what happened to Ben or to to Blackburn. Blackburn. He had to stay there and secure the scene. You didn't know that they, that they were coming back or the, the whatever it was was coming back. And it, it kind of, it's glossed over very harshly, but you, it, you're you kind of meant to assume it's like, oh, he was killed. But when you see that scene where they're like, oh, we found the nest, you see his belt and his holster there. Whose belt and holster? You see Blackburn's. Oh, all right. So was I, that hit supposed to be his? That's what I feel like. Other than that, the only other person I could think of was the FBI agent. What? But he was off duty on vacation with his family. I just kind of assumed that the the belt and holster was like a like because they live in the West. Like it was kind of just like supposed to be somebody's belt and holster. No, I think it was Blackburn because it, it almost looks like a cowboy belt and Have holster. Have you seen the way all cops holsters look? 
all well, of them. They all look like, ones. yeah, they look like that. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They still look like the belt with the holster attached to it. Like well, that. yeah, but they don't look like that. Like this one looked like a gunslinger belt almost. Well, like, I mean, it looked like the cops. All right. See, we're gonna fight on this one. I knew it. I knew it. So the FBI sends in Special Agent Robert Graham to New Mexico to investigate because one of the missing persons was an FBI agent, the girl's father. Mm-hmm. Um, after a strange impression is found in the sand near the trailer, the Department of Agriculture sends in... Good luck on this board. Mimecologists... Myrmacologist? Let's see. What? How do we say this? Myrmacologist? I have no fucking clue. Dr. Harold Medford and his daughter, Dr. Pat Medford, to assist with the investigation. A myrmacologist. Damn. Okay. So, Harold exposes the Ellison girl's formic acid to... Uh, Basically, fuck. he gives her smelling salts. It's a form of smelling salt. To kind of snap her out of whatever shock she's in. Um, when he releases her from the shock, she literally just panics and screams them the whole time. So, during this scene, her reaction kind of validates a theory that he's been apparently formulating, but mm. hasn't been sharing with anybody. This It's really just between him and his daughter. They just have this... I'm guessing... The way he portrays it is like, oh, it's this wild theory, but if it's right... It could be a big problem. We're in big shit. We're in deep shit, yeah. And this, he holds this theory back for quite a while, basically until Almost like the halfway reveal. through the movie, yeah. So after the interaction with the little girl, they basically, they get on a helicopter and they, they head back to the site where the trailer was. Mm-hmm. By this point, the trailer's been moved. The impressions have been kind of covered over with a dust storm. But they're going back to kind of see if they can find any more evidence of what happened and further prove this theory that he's keeping to himself. This is the scene where we get our big reveal. As they're looking around trying to find more impressions, they end up finding one. But at the same time, the younger doctor, the girl, she stumbles upon one of the ants. And this is the first time we see this these big motherfuckers giant huge 9 to 12 foot fucking ants I would honestly describe the size of these ants as like what an ant would be to like Godzilla yeah by comparison to an ant to us like that, that's about accurate I would say yeah I think if you wanted an actual like mental like how big this goddamn thing was um, I would say, and this is fucking hilarious, but I would say it kind of. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It is the size of like a smart car. Like a smart car or like. I'd say it's definitely bigger than a smart car. Maybe like a sedan, like a Camry. <laughs> Toyota, Honda, like a Honda Civic. It's the size of a Honda Civic. Yeah, a little taller maybe yeah. because of the legs. Yep. But. but it's fucking huge. It's a car coming at you trying to eat you. So after they encounter the giant ant um, and Dr. Medford, older Dr. Medford's um, theories have come to light. He now goes into in-depth about, you know, the ants and, you know, what might have happened. And he says, we are looking for a colony. We're looking for an ant mound. We're looking for something. So they get the help of the government. I believe it's um, two fighter planes that or or like transit planes they get into. And it's Graham and Pat and the doctor and the general. I don't even know what the general's actual name was. Uh, they do say it, but I can't remember his name. Like, they never, like, on this that we're looking at, that we're trying to follow, it doesn't even mention his name at all. But they get in the planes, they look around, and they're kind of describing, like, what they're seeing. Like, oh, we're looking for this, we're looking for this. Like, it's not a, a normal ant mound, which you'd see in New Mexico, which are these, like, grand structures, which you see, he points out, he goes, that's not it, that's not it. And then the daughter finds basically what is a fucking hole in the middle of the ground and then, like, that's it. And all the dead bodies. General O'Brien. General O'Brien. And that's the, how they know it's that is because the ant is literally carrying uh, an entire rib cage out of the hole. Yeah. And you're like, ew. And that's when I saw the gun holster in the belt. I was like, oh, gross. And I believe the next scene was like, they they have this moment where they, they kind of hold like a little meeting and the doctor kind of explains like, all right, this is how a general ant colony works. Yes. So we have to figure out a way to... We have to attack it when it's the hottest part of the day because ants usually go out and forage and stuff at night when it's cooler. Yes. So we have to wait until the hottest part of the day, which is around noon, and trap the ants inside by, like... Making the outside of the hole even hotter with explosions. And then their idea was to drop cyanide gas into it to kill the ants. Yes. Which would do the least amount of damage to the environment and other animals, but get all the ants that are in the tunnels because they basically make the tunnels, ants make the tunnels waterproof with their saliva. And he was explaining that, and um, his daughter was explaining that too in the tunnels. Like, if you feel the walls, they're wet. That's the saliva from the ants, like, penetrating the walls so there's no water, no other insects can get in. Um... There's also like defense mechanisms, like there's like like acidic. What did he say? Formic acid was found on Johnson's body, which lead led him to believe it's the acid from the the ant's saliva that prevents other insects from getting in and disturbing them in water. 
but that's how he formed his like wait a minute this is only found on certain insects how could this much of a concentration of this acid be on one person from a couple ants you know yeah the other thing that the doctor mentions is, is that they have to go down into the colony to find to the make, nest yeah to find the nest and make sure that none of the ants are still alive yeah which they then venture down into the the colony and they find at first they find a walled off section a walled off section that looks like it might have happened when they were doing the explosions on the outside it might have caved it in which gave you a little foreshadowing shadowing yes um where it caved it in and the ants could get out themselves but the humans could never have gotten into that wall so then they have to kill those ants they go deeper and then they find the nest and unfortunately, they were not in time because two of the eggs hatched, and they are queen eggs. Yes, which they we then get. This a lot of this movie actually is an explanation of how ants work. <laughs> so, like we learn that uh, a lot about how queen ants function, how they're born with wings, mm-hmm. so that they can fly to make another of a yeah. small distance, so mm-hmm. that they can make another or. They can mate with a male winged ant. And then be pregnant for 15 to 17 years. Y'all think about that for a second. You got babies coming out of your asshole for the next 17 years. Humans birth one and they're stuck with it until it grows up. And sometimes that one obliterates them so that they can't function anymore. Physically, (laughs) mentally, everything. You're obliterated. Set, I don't. I can't imagine ever being pregnant with one child. Seventeen years of a pregnancy. By year five, I'd be like, "Oh, kill me, get it out!" Ugh. Like <laughs> I would want to die. But this is why they are ants and not humans. Was there a second meeting held after that? Yeah, there was a second meeting held. So it was the one where he explains the queen stuff and yep. showing all that ant footage. Then they go back. The daughter goes in the hole after they cyanided, blow it up. They come back out. No, no, no. So the, the one before they go into the colony is just a... that It's like a poster. It's just a pull-down demonstration. Yeah, and he talks about the ant colony. The... After they discover this, this they is when ha- they're big meeting, and he's like, on the projector, the and he's like, "Yeah, and the military." He's and all like, that. "You don't have to release this now, but this is a big problem. We have to find these two queens. If we don't, you will have more problems than you ever need to deal with." Yes, they essentially create a task force because they still have to keep this under wraps at the mm-hmm. t- for the time being because they don't want to panic, you know, the country. So they. They form this like task force between the military, the FBI, the and Peterson because he's been there from the beginning, so they just let him help. Mm. Um, which, if we know anything today, that would never fucking happen because nope. the government is a pack of assholes. They, the FBI <laughs> would have been involved instantly and taken jurisdiction, and the local jurisdiction would have been wiped. Don't even talk about this. Don't even think about it. Go away. Yeah. Back then, it was everybody was buddy buddy. Oh. They begin to investigate reports of unusual activity, like things like sightings of UFOs and stuff, because they're tra- hoping to find somebody Missing who says... Missing children, anything having to do with sugar, UFOs, strange sights, anomalies. They're paying attention very closely to these reports anywhere in the world. If they get a strange one, they send it right up to them and be like, what do you think? Do you think this could be it? Yes, because they're trying to find... Uh, 
like basically evidence of where the ants went. Mm. And they end up finding a civilian pilot who was committed to a Texas mental hospital after claiming that he was forced down by UFOs shaped like ants. Which, to us, just like thinking about it, that's fucking weird, yo. That's weird. And like when you, well, he did say giant ants, but it's, you think like, what? Like, like you're thinking like, <laughs> wait, how can ants fly? But without the doctor explaining that the queen ants go through a development where once they're born, they're born with wings and they're called, uh, they're, they're like marriage wings. So once she mates, once she flies and mates with someone, the wings fall off within days. So she can yeah. no longer fly, but she's shaped differently, kind of like a queen bee. So at that point, they're looking for anything that was flying because these queens have to go far enough away from their original nest to make new colonies or else those ants would kill them because it's not their queen, it's somebody else's queen. It's the same thing with bees. Like, bees are the same way, too. Yeah. So after meeting with this pilot... They, they actually, he, they tell him that they're gonna recommend that he get released, but they end up telling the doctor to hold him so he can't tell anybody else. Um, they then get a report of one of the queens hatching her brood in the hold of a freighter at sea. Yeah, which that's what I think one of the funniest cut twos is they cut into the ship and it's just people being mauled by ants. Oh my god. <laughs> I would have loved to see this in color just for the amount of... There was a lot of blood on that set, too. I was like, damn, that's a lot of chocolate sauce. A lot of chocolate sauce references in there. Uh, so on the ship, the, the ants attack the ship's crew, um, and there are very few survivors. The freighter is later sunk by gunfire mm -hmm. from the, the Navy. And they then receive a third report that a large sugar theft happened at a rail yard. In Los Angeles, yep. Yes, and so Peterson, Graham, and um, Major Kibi, Kibi, Kibi. <laughs> they all head to Los Angeles um, to investigate it. Oh, and they they end up talking to an alcoholic who's locked up in the drunk tank. Oh, sorry, this man was the best part of this movie. I laughed so hard at him. Because he had my favorite line of the whole movie, and I was just giggling the whole time he was on screen. But I assume it's the one he kept saying. Absolutely, it is. It is going to be my favorite line. Y'all will hear it later. <laughs> um, but how we got to this point is he claims there were giant ants outside his window. And people are like, you're drunk, you're crazy. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm drunk, but I'm not crazy. Yeah, this uh, this whole middle section of the movie moves along very very quickly, and it's a lot of jumping from report to report to report. You know what I mean? Like mm. we're just kind of following the trail. Yeah. Um. So like the next thing that happens is uh the mutilated body of a father is recovered and his two young sons are missing. Now this this is like the last one. It leads us into our finale. Correct. So Peterson Graham and Kibi. Kibby. 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 They find evidence that they were flying a model airplane in the LA River Drainage Channel. 
If anybody's ever seen a fucking movie in their life, they know what this thing looks like. Uh, it was featured in Greece in the car chase. That's the biggest one I can remember. That's the Los Angeles channel. Uh, part of it is in Terminator 2. Yeah, I've never seen that movie, so I can't oh, help it. fuck. We're back here. <laughs> it's featured in many flashbacks and many television shows it, of kids skating in the 90s. It's in and the movie like- uh, Drive with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> never seen that either. I showed you that. Did you? Yes. I don't remember watching that. Oh, fuck fuck my life <laughs> i remember the elevator scene because you did an analysis of it. i did <laughs> that's the only thing i remember ah <laughs> uh, anyway gonna kill me. so the once they discover this the drainage channel is uh they put on put la under martial law like you can't be out between like 6 p.m and like 8 a.m and if we find you, we're going to lock you up. We don't want, like, not like you're in trouble. Like, this is for your own yeah, safety. For, like, they're coming out at night. Right. Like, do not leave. And the Army and the National Guard, the 40th Infantry Division, I guess, mm. um, and the U.S. Marines, they all essentially congregate on this fucking drainage um, which, system. Which I commented to you. I'm like, how big is LA to have a drainage system that you can drive military vehicles through. I mean, there's also the, you know, possibility that this is a movie, so... But, uh, (laughs) we live, we live close to a a pretty big city, our capital city, Providence. It's a decent sized city. Providence is fairly small. Providence is a pin, the, the edge of a pin compared to... Let's put it this way. If anybody from Texas is listening to this, Rhode Island fits in Dallas. The whole state fits within Dallas. Doesn't fill Dallas. It just fits within Dallas. That's fucking terrifying knowing that we have we know people in our lives who will not who will not drive from Woonsocket to Westerly. Yeah. It is a 45 minute to an hour drive, depending on traffic, from the tip of Woonsocket to the tip of Westerly. I know a lot of lazy people. And then to get from <laughs> to get from the border of um, Connecticut, because a couple of our friends live in Connecticut now, to where we live, which is on the other side of the state, it is 35 minutes, guys. 35. Yeah. That's how big Rhode Island is. It's 45 minutes up and down and 35 minutes across on a good day. And I'm not doing highway. I'm doing back roads when I go to my friend's house. So, like, thinking about Los Angeles having a a fucking, like, drainage channel where you can put car... And we've seen it through many movies. You can put cars into this huge drainage channel. Huge. Yes. I mean, we have nothing like that here. Nothing. No. So, like... To me, I'm like, how the fuck are giant ants in a drainage channel? Like, look how small they are on our outside. Look at the manholes. They're fucking huge. Yes. They were on, what what drain did they say they found? 287? I don't remember the, yeah, it was 267 or something like that. Yeah, it was 200. Drainage pipe 200 that is still under construction. This was in the 50s. Imagine how big this place is now. Yeah. So they mount an expedition into the drainage system, um, and they they need to do a sweep to f- see if to make sure the boys aren't still alive somewhere in there. Yeah, because but, they're just gonna let the cyanide and everything go, which they don't want to because it will affect the residents of Los Angeles yes. too. Um, luckily, 
during their search, Peterson ends up finding the two missing boys. Yep. They're when he finds them, they're trapped by a couple of ants and they're very close to the nest. So he calls in reinforcements and he goes in on his own and tries to get the He kills a couple of fucking ants. He does really good, but poor dude gets chopped on by an ant. He does, but not before getting the boys to safety. Because he tells the boys, get in the tunnel, get in the tunnel. It's too big. It's too small for them. So they hide in the tunnel, which he took to get into where he was. Yes. And right before he dies, he tells Graham, they're in the tunnel. The boys are safe. They're in the tunnel. Yes. And let me tell you, we've skipped over the part where they interviewed the mother to be like, do you know where your husband was taking the boys? She's like, he works so much. He only takes them out in the mornings. That's the only time he has. Well, do you know the spots where he would frequent? Oh, he'd frequent the park or this or here, or they'd go fly planes at the drainage place. So they had to check so many places. So these boys, I would say, depending on movie time, it was like two or three days they were trapped. Yeah. Like, holy shit. These two boys are very, very lucky. So by the time Graham and the reinforcements get there, unfortunately, Peterson has died. The soldiers, they fight off the ants the best they can. But during this, the tunnel collapses and traps Graham Mm. on one side while all the rest of the soldiers are on the other. The soldiers immediately start to dig them out. And you made a really great comment that it kind of forced the people to act like ants. Because it was really interesting. Because if you think about it, one of the things that Dr. Harold, I don't remember yeah. his name right now, his last name, he had described it as ants can lift 20 to 30 times their own weight. So if a rock is blocking their way, they can literally grab it in their mandibles and pull it out without any problems. But humans don't have that, so they have to work as a team. Well, they also, uh, during the scene where he's explaining how a colony works, Mm. they also make mention, I think it was like the general says, oh, so why don't we just seal off the, the colony and trap them inside? And he just very nonchalantly says, well, because they would just dig another tunnel out. Yep. They would it, work together to get another opening out. It, it's kind of cool that then this happens and the people... Graham's trapped. They have to tunnel Graham out because all it is is rocks and debris and they just start working as quick as they can. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I was like, oh, you have now become the ant. So trapped on the other side of this wall, Graham gets charged by several ants and he's able to hold them off just long enough for the troops to get through the the dirt and save him. Mm-hmm. And on the other side here, they find the queen and her hatchlings. The worst, I will say, the worst, like, oh, there it is. It was just two queen ants, like, eh, 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 and a couple of eggs. Yeah, and I'm they're like, they're not trying to do anything. They're just standing They're just there. like, fuck. <laughs> We're got we're caught. I'm so sorry. Like, don't shoot me. Like, and I'm and looking at it going, this is the worst climax. Yeah, to, to be honest, to be it's honest, so bad. after the death of Peterson, the end of this off, movie it's is just dull. <laughs> it's, dull it's so bad because they just come in. The doctor goes, "Yup, I don't think any oh, any look, queens are. have and left." And they look so terrified. The ants are like, and they just burn them alive. Yeah. And it's like, I like the the closing kind of thought that happens here because uh as they burn burn the ants uh dr medford says this like philosophical thing where he's 
Uh, he says, when man entered the atomic age, he opened the door to a new world. Uh, what we may eventually find in that new world, nobody can predict. And that really does go for all scientific advancements, in my opinion. It does. Because we're getting to the point where now we're trying to discover more of the the darkest parts of the ocean or the deeper depths of space. And once you venture, like, he's right, the atomic age ushered in a lot. Like, now we can discover more. But once you do, your whole little world in this tiny little bubble you live in is just fucking shattered. Like, we are finding the most insane shit in the sea right now. Yeah. What do you think we're going to find out in space? Like, are we really prepared for this? Of course not. But men's ambition outweighs everything. Men's ambition to make more money and conquer. Not all men. Not all not all human, I'll say that. But there's a good majority that see, you know, conquer and profit. But there are a lot of people who are like discover and explore and, you know, learn. There's always going to be the people that are like, oh, you discovered something? Oh, we're learning new things? How can we profit from this? And that's fucking terrifying. I fucking hate it. But that line, even though it was written in 54, really still applies right now. I agree. We're having a very nuclear atomic year this year, aren't we? It's, so far, I mean, we've had a couple. Uh, I don't know if there are any others. I have to look at our I list. Don't know, I don't even remember what I picked. No. Like, at all anymore. So, do you want to shift into closing questions? Absolutely. All right. Did you have any favorites? So, I had um, I had two favorites. Um, my one favorite was in the scene where they are back at the trailer, and Medford and his daughter and Graham and Peterson are there, or the, or the, um, the general. O'Neill? O'Brien? O'Brien. O'Brien. Um, and he's like, oh, there's a sandstorm. You got to put your goggles on. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Half of his eye on one side wasn't even covered. And I'm like, did anybody want to help this poor man <laughs> on set? Like, hey, dude, your glasses aren't even on your fucking. He's literally like this. I'm like, like it, everybody else has them on. He's I'm like, I know this is like just a continuity error. And this wasn't him being funny. And I'm like, was anybody going to pour help this poor actor? Like, just be like, well, let me fix these for you. The whole scene, his glasses are like this. He's like, yes. Da, 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 da. I'm like, well, Peterson fixes them for him. Does he? Yeah. When? Like right after he puts them on. I didn't see that. Yeah. he so Because he, they were slanted in the next scene too. He puts them on and they're crooked. And then Peterson goes here and he, he fixes oh, them. I didn't see that. <laughs> I must have looked away at that point. I was so <laughs> aggravated by that. Um, because it was like one of those things where these older films, I feel like there wasn't somebody on set to be like, oh, 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 continuity error. You can't do that. We got to do this. Like they weren't, that wasn't a process in Hollywood just firmly. Uh, maybe not firmly, but I think it was there. Well, of course. They're like, oh, we got to make sure this shot looks like this. But like little things like that, like, oh, the actor's fine. Now it's like, if you sneeze and your hair is a little bit out of place, like, whoa, stop the film. Well, that's like, that's like if you watch um, the original Dracula now. Uh, Nosferatu or Dracula? Dracula. Dracula. Okay. Bela Lugosi. Mm. Um, Never seen it. James Rolfe did a video not that long ago, maybe like a year or two ago, mm. of 
throughout the entire movie, there's, if you look at, like, the lights in the shots, mm. like, the lamps and stuff, there will be, like, pieces of cardboard, very obviously, like, flagging off the light, and it's just in the middle of the shot. <laughs> and... Like, he has this whole thing. It's like, why is that there? It, it, somebody must have, like, th- done that for a practical reason for the movie, but then they just put it in the middle of the fucking shot? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And we have no idea why. <laughs> and all I, can, all I can think of, because I haven't seen this episode, is angry video game nerd going, what the fuck? Like, well, this one—this one's not part of his angry video game thing. It's but more of just an extra video. But that man has some strong opinions. Yes, and it's—it's it's fucking funny as hell. Um, my other comment is the the drunk man in the drunk tank. Make me a sar- sergeant and give me the booze. Make me a sergeant, give me the booze. Make me a sergeant, <laughs> give me the booze. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, this is why they thought you were crazy seeing a giant ant outside of your house. Like, oh, we believe the ant. We believe you are crazy, though. The ant, we believe. Like, that was, oh. Uh, I was so invested at that point. Why do all these drunk people look so fucking like Doc Emmett Doc Brown? That's what he looked like. Great Scott! Like, the hair and the... Because they're trying to make him look crazy. Oh, like, it's just so funny. It's like, I wonder if that was their inspiration, like, over the years for Emmett. Maybe. Just to be a little kooky. Oh, all right. What are your favorites? I only wrote down one, and it was the... That... My favorite scene in this whole movie is always going to be that... That first time you hear the the ant. That is pretty pretty iconic. Just like it's that you don't see the ant; it's just the sound in the distance. I wonder if I can find the sound. Oh, you can put the sound in. Yeah. And, sound here. And the 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 little girl's reaction to it, oh like my it's God. just so well it's done. Them. Them. Like whoa, whoa. You okay. Do you feel you would have done this movie any differently? I wouldn't have done this movie. Come on! No, I don't like insects. I don't like creepy crawlies. Nope, 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 nope! Would you really call these guys creepy crawlies? Absolutely. Look at their beady little eyes, antennas, and their mandibles. Get them away from me. I don't like ants on me in the real world. Oh, jeez. Look, I'm a firm believer you do not destroy life. You let life go on. But if I see a fucking ant in my house, it is a bad thing, and it's gonna go bye-bye. All right, all right. Same thing how you feel when we find spiders and you yell at them, pay rent or you're getting out, and he doesn't hand you money right away, so you make them get out. Yeah, true. Would you do this movie any differently? I probably wouldn't, no. You keep it the same? Yeah, because, like, this is one of those, like, staples of, like, the 50s, 60s types of movies. Mm. It's... It's an iconic black and white monster movie. Like I, I think this had to happen the way it did for movies of its kind to thrive. Yeah. I but, see a lot of influence on creature features from that. A lot. Just that just the noise itself. Can you think of any other creature feature movies that follow up with a noise before the creature enters? I mean there's some, yeah, but that all stems from like this. Yeah. From the way that it happens in this movie. That it was pretty I like that was probably really cool to be like they can hear it like, what is that noise? And you wouldn't think it's something dangerous. You're like, oh okay, I'm just not used to this area. Whatever. It's right. Terrifying that danger is that close. It's like, ooh. 
mainstream exploitation or other? Um, are we thinking 50s or now? Dealer's choice. Dealer's choice. Other. I would say other for this one. It's it's a creature feature. It's a monster movie, but it's not exploitation in my opinion. <gasps> what? As expected. Them would absolutely be played in grindhouse theaters with all films of its kind. Them is... In my opinion, it's a classic creature feature exploitation type of movie. It's... I don't know if there's like a dedicated... I don't know if there's a dedicated subgenre of exploitation for like classic monster movies. Like, you could kind of put this under kaiju exploitation because it is giant bugs do you have anything else you'd like to like to say about them that's gonna go back on the shelf just you know stay there and if i see any ants i'm gonna throw it in the trash well don't go anywhere please stay tuned for the coming attractions Centerfold Girls. They're the most beautiful girls in the world. They're ready for anything, anywhere, anytime. I don't need that kind of exercise to keep my shape. And what kind do you need? If I knew you better, I might tell you. How far is it from beauty to ugliness? Now look, we both know you've got too much talent to keep on modeling. You'd be nice to me and I'll get you into something big. How far is it from beauty to terror? Displaying your body is filth. You dirty the mind of others. Do you know what they should do with little girls like you? What are you talking about? You know damn well what I'm talking about. I just want to help. Well, that may be very good for Detective Magazine, Lieutenant, but I really... You're a centerfold girl. He had his choice of the most beautiful girls in the world. Which would he love? Which would he kill? You scream and I'll slit your throat. The Centerfold Girls, rated R. Are you ready for more thriller? I've never seen or heard of this movie before you brought it up, so I'm definitely intrigued. It it had me. Okay, so little backstory about myself. When I was younger, I got in a lot of trouble as a kid because I took my dad's a um, popular men's dirty magazines out of the house and showed them to my friends. And they, those women in those magazines were called Centerfold Girls. And I did not know when I was looking up movies at the time, I picked this one last year, um, that there was a whole movie based off of that premise where they are just, it, it is a film about a sadistic serial killer who targets Centerfold Girls. That is it. And I was like, 
oh, <laughs> I want to see this. Sounds sleazy. It sounds, and half the girls are half naked on the cover of the original one. I was going to say, no, they're not. The original one. Not the version we have. They are half naked. I would love this version. This is the tape version. Well, to be fair, that's a very similar cover to the one we have, mm-hmm. but it's like it looks like it's got a lot of effects added to it, so it's yeah. faded more. The tagline on the front of this one is my favorite. I don't think it's on there. It says he was their judge, jury, and executioner. Nice. I love that tagline on the front of this. And this is the poster that drew me in. I didn't read anything. I just saw it on the Grindhouse website and went, oh, yes. And I got really intrigued by it. So I'm excited to watch this one because I am a pervert. Yeah. uh, Other than what you told me, I know nothing about this movie. So I'm definitely interested to see it. Yeah. Uh, I like a good, you know, horror, thriller this one's kind of a little bit, little bit slasher. Is that box? Did you even open that DVD? Yeah. It is open? It yeah. looks very shiny. Yeah, it's just how it is. Oh, okay. I was going to say, we haven't opened it yet? Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, that's going to bring today's episode to an end. If you want to keep up with everything that we're doing, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. You can find us on Discord where you can chat with Leah about today's film or any of the films that we previously covered. You could also suggest us some movies. Let us know the types of things you'd like us to talk about. All the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Listen to us first thing every Monday morning and give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. If you like what we're doing and you want to show this show some support, you can subscribe to us on Patreon or directly through Acast, where you can get yourself access to ad-free listening and unlock some fun exclusive bonus content that we are hopefully going to put more up of because we're lame and we keep fucking putting it (laughs) off. Until next week, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening and keep watching. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.